You need him to be a way maker? I am. You need him to turn around some finances? He says I am. So I'm going to dare you again to put your hands together and begin to proclaim that I am, that I am, that I am. There's no devil in hell that can stop me. There's no, there's no situation that I cannot go through. There's no door that, that can lock me down. But when the I am, I am, I am stands behind me, no giant in front of me can stop the destiny on your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How do you know God is good this morning? Come on, I said, how many know God is good this morning? Are you glad to be saved this morning? Uh, even more importantly, are you, are you happy that you're making the devil nervous? If you ain't making the devil nervous, you're not doing something right. But I dare you to live like you're making the devil nervous. Live and push him to the very extreme. Because have you know, we've already won. You can't, win, you can't lose this thing. You've already won. So live like you're in a no-fail season because have you know that the end and currently you're walking into victory. Amen. I want you to grab your neighbor by your hand before we get started. Before we get started, I want us to not only pray for the word, but I want us to pray uh, for, our, for our team down in Honduras. When we were in Ghana, Africa, I, I, I never forget because, see, when the enemy moves here, he's subtle. He's slick. He Sometimes we don't even see that he's moving until it's already done, unless you have a discerning spirit. But when you're out of the country because you were doing such extreme things and you're telling the devil you're going to back up from this region, the devil gets nervous and he starts fighting you. When we were in Ghana, we saw things happen where literally witch doctors would come to the crusades and walk and pray against the crusade. And, and the worship would go on and praise would go on. In the very moment, I never forget it was either or Bishop or, or, or Pastor Jonathan Morgan stood up to begin to preach. As soon as their Bible opened, literally a sandstorm came and, and literally knocked over our stage. And I mean, it just created utter chaos. And they looked at us and said, we don't have these storms in October. They're usually in June. At the very moment the word was to be delivered, the enemy brought a distraction. But I thank God that when we didn't know what to do, there stood a group of Africans that stood in the middle of the rain praying that God would still move. <laughs> stood interceding against that situation. And I'll never forget that all of a sudden the rain began to dry up and we continued with the crusade and God began to heal deaf ears and began hundreds upon hundreds got saved that night. And how do you know we need to be and not just give and, and not just just give of flip flops and money and all, but how do you know we need to stay in continual intercession for our team and for our pastor while he's there? So we're going to pray this morning, and I want you to intercede that that the Spirit of God that not only is going to move in this service will almost be like a ripple effect, as Pastor Jamie said, <laughs> a ripple effect that what happens right here in West Virginia this morning in Culloden, in the Spirit is going to be a ripple effect, and within two hours is going to hit Honduras, and all of a sudden God is going to open blinded eyes and open deaf ears, and the cripple is going to get up, and God is going to say and deliver this morning. So I want you to grab your neighbor by your hand. And the Bible says we're two or three, touch and agree, it is already done. 
So agree with me this morning that God is going to move. Father, we come before you this morning. Father, we praise you this morning. Father, we worship you this morning. God, we believe that, God, you are already in motion. God, not only in this place. God, the anointing is thickening in this place. God, there is a, there is a hovering anointing, God, that is, that is beginning to work in this place. And God, right now, God, I release a tsunami, God, of anointing, God, to release in this place. And God, as it goes forth from Culloden, God, it will reach forth, God, all the way to Honduras, God. And God, as the same anointing, God, that resides in this house will be the same anointing, God, that reaches Honduras this morning, God. God, give them an anointing, God, that breaks every yoke and every bondage, God. God, that destroys it, God. God, that it can never come back. That, God, every demonic force, God, not only in this region, but, God, in the regions of Honduras, God, we tell it it's got to go. You have no more place uh, in this region. You have no more place in the region of Honduras because we are walking in victory through the cross of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' holy name, it's done. I want you to grab your Bible while you're standing. And I want you to turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. Just while you're standing, real quick, Ezekiel chapter 37. How many of you are believing for great things this morning? Amen. Ezekiel chapter 37. We're going to preach on this morning, talk a little bit about the prophetic voice that is within each one of us. The prophetic voice. That is within each one of us. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1, he says, The hand of the Lord was upon me. <laughs> How do you know that's all you need right there? Yeah. You don't need nothing else. As long as the hand of the Lord is upon you, all things are defeated. And he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them and round about him. Behold, there were many and in the open valley. And lo, there were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And again, he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say, O ye dry bones, hear the Lord, word of the Lord. Thus saith the, the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live and I will lay sinews upon you and I will bring flesh upon you and I will cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord and so as I prophesied I was also commanded as I prophesied there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together There was a shaking and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when by beheld the sinews and the flesh came upon them, the skin covered them above and there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy unto the wind and prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord, the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, O breath upon these slain that they, they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them. And as they lived, they stood up upon their feet in an exceeding great army. And he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. 
Behold, I say our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off from our parts and therefore prophesy unto them and say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and, and cause you to come out of your graves and bring you into a land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of my graves. And you, you shall put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then shall you know that I am the Lord, that I have spoken and have performed it, saith the Lord. This morning, we're going to talk a little bit about the prophetic voice. I want you to turn around to about two or three people, and I want you to just begin to practice to prophesy. And just look at them and say, the situation's turning around. Just find about three people and just tell them, the situation's turning around. The situation is turning around. We begin to see here in this context that God, that God begins to show Ezekiel a great army. He shows him a great and a magical big movement of a great rising army, a great army. But the thing about anything that is great and anything that God is going to make great there's even greater of a process that you've got to go to, to go to the greatness. For any greatness that God is destined or, or making come to pass, even greater of the process you've got to go through to get to the great destination. If God has a prophecy, a word, a, 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 a destiny, a dream over top of your life that has called you to greatness, how many know you've got to go through a great process to get to the great destiny? And can I tell you something this morning that maybe you've never been told that there is greatness on the inside of you, but I want to promise you that since you have received Jesus Christ inside of you, there is now greatness residing on the inside of you. Maybe you were never told that by a mother or a father or by, by a school teacher or by someone that was mentoring you. But I want to stand and tell you by the word of God that there is greatness on each and every one of you. The Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is within the world. Uh, that's why, because there is greatness on the inside of you, there is a greater attack and a greater process coming against you. I don't know about you, if I was Ezekiel, uh, I would have said to God, thank you for showing me the great army, but God, you didn't have to show me the great bones first. God, you didn't have to take me through the process of seeing the bones come together and still have no life. To see the bones come together and still need life breathed into it. God, even after they stood up with breath within it, they stood up a negative army that still believed that they were dry and dead. But he said, prophesy them to again and show them the greatness inside of them. Because Ezekiel had to go through the process of seeing the great army army. He had to see the very thing that he was going into. The one thing I like about this here, he says the hand of the Lord was upon Ezekiel and it placed him in the valley of the dry bones. 
The message version says it grabbed him or snatched him up and placed him in the valley of the dry bones. So we begin to see here that in the middle of this situation, it is God that placed him there. It was not by happenstance. It was not because of Ezekiel's mistakes or flaws or failures that put him smack dab in the middle of a bad place. But it was God that had placed him there. Can I tell you something? The place that you were in this morning, no matter the season that you were walking through, God divinely appointed for you to be going through it. It is not your past life. It is not your mistakes. It is not your flaws. It is not your accomplishments. It is not your success. It is nothing that you have done that has placed you in the very day of your season today. And no matter how good or how bad, it is God that has placed you right in the middle of your season. You have been placed there for a reason. I don't know about you. I don't like dry places. I I don't like dry places. I I like where I can be comfortable. I like where I can get a fresh, refreshing drink. I like where I can sit back. I like it perfectly about 78 degrees. Yeah, I don't like it to be too hot. I don't like it to be too cold. But how many know sometimes there are seasons you will walk through that will be too cold for you? It will be too hot for you. But it is a matter of what you do in that season will determine what God will show to you. Yeah. And so what begins to happen is, and Bishop preached this last, I think a couple Wednesday nights ago, but there are stages you will go through trying to understand your season or trying to understand the place that you were in. What will begin to happen is you will begin to gather information to understand the season you were in. Uh, Let's just say that maybe your marriage isn't as hot as it once was and now you're in a dry place. It seems like no one is speaking love one to another. And there is a dry place in the home. There is a dry place in the way you speak one to another. Yes, you know how to smile and put on a face. But when you get behind closed doors, there is a dryness one with another. Maybe your business was once doing great and, and, and was, was, was doing everything that you thought it would be, but all of a sudden you've hit a dry place. Maybe the economy has turned and not done exactly everything that you thought it would do. And maybe it's, it looks like it's going farther downhill than it is going uphill like you had projected. You're in a dry place. It's not a comfortable place. Maybe you're right in the middle of getting your education and it's getting harder harder and harder and you're ready to give up and you don't feel the excitement anymore. You don't feel what you used to feel. And so what happens is you begin to gather information. You begin to try to fix it with what you know within your mind. You begin to read every self-help book you can possibly find. You begin to get on Oprah's book club of the month and you find out every book she can possibly advise to you and you read it hoping that you're going to get some help. That doesn't work 
works. All of a sudden you begin to, you begin to go to friends and you begin to go to family and you begin to try to get every advice you can get for your situation. I saw that you were once there. How can I get through this thing? You, that doesn't begin to work for you. So all of a sudden now you're calling Cleo in the middle of the night and you're calling 1-800 numbers trying for somebody to prophesy over your life and speak your future to you. But what begins to happen is because the information is not working and because you're trying to apply it to your situation, it's not working for you. So what happens is now you're looking for experience. If I can just experience what I used to feel. If I can go back to the day that I said I do or, or I said that I can do a thing. And so you're always trying to go back through experience. And some of us even do this with church because we try to ride on the experiences of God. We go from anointing to anointing and from faith to faith instead of walking in the spirit and staying stable in the spirit. And what happens is we begin to try to ride from, from information to now experience. But nothing is working because, yes, I've got an experience, but it's still not shifting my situation. Well, the thing is you've got to get a revelation for your situation Tell somebody, get a revelation for your situation. You've got to get a revelation for your situation. You've got to begin to see how God sees my situation. Not how my friend sees it, not how my family sees it, not how my coworker sees it, not how the economy sees it, not how statistics sees it, not how my past sees it. But God, how do you see my situation? You've got to understand, God, if you put me here and if I'm Ezekiel walking through a dry place, then God, why do you want me here? Yeah. Why do you want me in the middle of this situation? And until you begin to see or sense what God is wanting to do with you in this situation. Have you know as believers, we are all called to being leaders around us. In every situation, God wants to use you to turn around the situation. We have walked into, in a place of the body of Christ in Christianity, that we focus on lollipops and candy dreams and that everything is going to be perfect. That if I accept Jesus in my life and I get filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to walk on clouds and everything's going to be perfect. But how you know God sometimes will let you go through a dry place to understand that I am the great I am. Come on now. He will let you get right in the middle of a desert, Moses, to understand you don't need nothing else. But what you need is, is me, which is the great I am. Come on now. Sometimes he will allow you to get sick to understand that he is your healer. Come on now. Sometimes he'll let you go through a storm to understand that he is your peace. Sometimes he'll let you go without to understand that he is your way maker. Come on now. And so sometimes God will allow you to go through seasons in your life that you do not understand until you grasp the revelation for my situation. Somebody say revelation for my situation. See what begins to happen is when you can begin to see, see the way God sees your situation, it shifts down something inside of you. 
Yeah. It shifts the way you begin to see it. You may be Ezekiel and may be in the middle of a dry bones, but you know and you sense that there is a great army that is to come. You may be Gideon and you may be few in number, but God will speak to you and say, you are a man of valor. It's not about the numbers. It's about the God inside of you. Come on now. You may be Joseph and you may have been lied on and rejected and pushed to the back and stomped upon and and begin to be rejected out the way. You may be imprisoned in all kinds of different things. uh, But when you understand that there is a palace that is waiting for me, the prison will not do. When you begin to understand like Samson that yes, I may have failed with my hands at the hands of women. But can I tell you something? That Samson had one more great feat within him. When you begin to understand the power and the anointing that resides inside of you, it will shift everything. You may be like Peter and say, yes, I may have done it. David may, may be the one that you say I was. Saul, yes, I did it. And yes, Jesus did not do it. But can I tell you something? When you get a revelation of who I am and whose I am, how do you know it will change your situation? You can walk through dry places with your head held high and say, this is not my destination. This is not my final boarding class. But God has got a place for me that is greater and bigger than this situation. There is greater things that are ahead of me. My dreams are still coming to pass. My destiny is still coming to pass. Why? Because I got a revelation of who I am and whose I am. And one of the greatest things that I ever got a revelation of is Ephesians chapter one, verse six. He says, I am accepted in the beloved. I am accepted in the beloved. Can I tell you something? It doesn't matter who don't like you as long as he loves you. Yeah, it don't matter if they don't like the way you look or the way you talk or the way you smell, baby. But can I tell you something? When you understand whose you are and who he made you to be, you can walk with your head held high and say, this thing is not over. I may be walking through a dry place right now, but it's not over. I know that there's victory on the other side of what feels like defeat right now because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout, get a revelation for your situation. All of a sudden we begin to see here, he says to him, Ezekiel says to him, can these bones live? That's important because he didn't ask himself, can these bones live? He he didn't call up a neighbor. He didn't call up a friend. He didn't phone a friend. He didn't text somebody. He didn't Facebook somebody and say, can these bones? But he said, God, can these bones live? live. God, I want to know what you see about this situation. God, I want to know what you placed me here. God, if you placed me here, what is it that you see about this situation? What is it that you see about my business? God, what is it you see about my family? God, what is it you see about my finances? God, what is it you see about my future? Can I tell you something? Get off the phone and start asking God, what do you see about this situation? Can the dry bones in my own house live? Come on now. Can my son or my daughter that has gotten wayward in the faith, can they live again? Come on now. 
So many times we want to ask our family members and our friends, we want to say, can this situation turn around? And a lot of times we're picking the wrong people. We're picking people about asking people about marriage and they've been divorced four and five times. Come on now. They're going to speak death over top of your situation every time. You're asking somebody about your business and they've never even had enough, enough gumption to step out and do something on their own. They've always worked for somebody else, but yet you're going to ask them about your situation. No, sometimes you got to get along with God driving down the road and let tears come down your eyes and say, God, can these bones live again? God, I want to know from you. God, if you tell me yes, it's got to be done. No matter how many no's I get, no matter how many maybes I get, if I get a yes from God, everything is going to turn around. There's a verse in the Bible. It's one of my favorite. He says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and run and not be weary and walk and not be faint. What's interesting about this, he says, they that wait upon, they that wait upon. The word wait upon in the Hebrew means to be twisted. To be twisted. Can I tell you what happens with us? We, we call up God and we say, God, uh, okay, God, what, what about my situation? And we sit there and we go, okay, uh, he must not be listening today. Uh, he must not be hearing me. So I'm going to go back to what I'm doing. But he says, wait upon until I become entwisted. To where when you see God, <laughs> you see me inside of God. And when you see me, you see God entwisted in me. That we become one with our answer. I think about Jacob. Jacob had wrestled his whole life with wanting to be blessed. And when he finally came to the place where he was face to face with God, he said, I'm going to become entwisted with you and fight with you until you tell me I'm blessed. My father never would tell me I'm blessed. I tried to steal from my brother and become blessed, but I'm still not blessed. But because God, you are in the room, God, I'm going to wrestle with you until you give me the answer that I need. See, that's why it's important to worship. That's why it's important to praise. Because even if you sense God, I don't know about you, when you sense God, you should wrestle him down into his presence. The Bible says the praises of his people, that's where he inhabits. And I don't know about you, if you even just sense him, you should just begin to say, God, I need you right now. God, I'm going to wrestle you into my situation until I get an answer. Can I tell you something? We were just on the Disney cruise, and I'll never forget this, that when you would see just a glimpse of Captain Mickey walking by. Yeah. Just little old Captain Mickey. It's not even real. They ain't even, there's a person inside of it playing a, a character. But can I tell you something? When you would see Captain Mickey would walk in, I don't care if you just saw a glimpse of him out your eye, you would run after that little mouse. Come on now. And kids would run and jump on top of this thing, just trying to get its attention. Because of a peripheral glance at the side of your eye. 
How much more is it important that when we sense the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords just just barely walking by? I mean, I don't care if you just feel something coming up your neck for a second. I don't care if you just sense him barely walking by. You ought to chase him down with your praise. You ought to chase him down with your worship and say, God, I need to change in my situation. And I refuse for you to leave until you give it to me. Somebody shout, give me a revelation for my situation. He says, becoming twisted with, so that my words become his words. This is important because when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, and this is where I want to rest at today. When we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he says there are several different gifts you're going to receive. You're going to receive the gift of healing. You're going to receive the gift of wisdom. You're going to receive the gift of giving. You're going to receive the gift of speaking in tongues. But Jesus said, the thing that I want you to focus on the most is he said, above all things, I wish that you would prophesy. This is important here. He says, above all things, I wish that you would prophesy. That your words, can I tell you something? A lot of times when we think about that word prophesy, we think that it's a prophetic voice of speaking into the future. And yes, it is that. Yes, that God will allow prophets to see and begin to forewarn and and begin to see things of the future that God will not only warn us from, but also guide us and push us into that destination. And yes, there are prophets that God wants to use. A lot of times when we think about that word prophecy, we begin to think that God is using great prophets of the land. And how do you know that is still true? God has people with the gift of prophecy distinctly on their life. Just the same as there is a person with healing on their life, so is there a person with the gift of prophecy that God uses them in a prophetic way to speak and engage into each into people's lives. But the thing is, he says here that this is not just for a certain believers. It's not just for the elect. He says, but above all things, I wish that you would prophesy. Prophesy, the definition of that is reaching into the separate supernatural and getting a word from God about the natural. That's all that is, is reaching into the supernatural and speaking to God about the natural of what you are walking through. So he says here, above all things, above speaking in tongues, above healing, above wisdom, above giving, he says, I wish that you would get a word from me from the supernatural and speak it into the natural. Yeah. See, this is all Ezekiel was doing. He says, God, can these bones live. He said, speak to the bones. And it's amazing because he says, when he says to the bones, he says, I want you to hear the voice of the Lord. Yeah. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse two, when he speaks, he says, you're not going to hear my voice. He says, but I want you to hear the voice of the Lord. When I speak to you bones, it's not coming from my feelings. It's not coming from my intellect. It's not coming from my information. It's not coming from my past experiences, but it is coming straight from the throne room of God. And when I speak to you, you have got to listen because there is a prophetic anointing that is attached to my lips and you've got to do what God says to do. 
This is important because what happens is we get every report and everything we speak. The Bible says there is power of life and death within the tongue. Everything that I say will come to pass. James says, my tongue is as a rudder guiding a great ship. And when I speak of my own feelings, when I speak of my own information, when I speak of my own experiences, what will begin to happen is I can steer this ship wrong. But if I get a word from God and I look at the situation and I look at it and I say, situation, you need to pay attention because you're about to hear the voice of the Lord. Can I tell you something? You need to go in your kid's room at night when they're sleeping and say, children, while you're sleeping, your spirit needs to hear the voice of the Lord over your life. You will be a man of God. You will be a woman of God. Alcohol shall never touch your lips. Drugs will never come your way. But you will fulfill everything that God has over your life. Can I tell you something? When you, whenever you get with your husband or your wife, instead of continuing to speak down and speak negative, you need to get with them, grab them by the hands, and say, listen to the voice of the Lord. These dry bones will live. God will restore everything that the canker worm and the locust and the palmer worm ever tried to steal from us, baby. You get ready because God is about to heat things up because I heard a word from the Lord. You need to walk in your business and say this thing will not fail but it will rise and become a great thing. Why? Because God said it and it will come to pass. Give God some praise in this place. You've got to begin to understand that we are the voice of the Lord on the earth. I know this is difficult to understand, but because God placed and gave free will to man, because no matter how powerful, no matter how big, no matter how omniscient, no matter how omnipresent God is, he has to use a man to speak for him in this earth. Can I tell you something? God cannot speak in your situation without your voice. Oh my gosh, you can sit and listen to the word of Bishop every single week and of great, uh, great preachers and men of God just like him. But until you get a word of God in your own mouth and begin to speak to your situation, it will never change. But if you say, God, you are using me in this moment. God, I have heard something from on high. And God, you are using me to turn this this thing around. We begin to see here that this thing go through stages. The prophetic works through stages. He, he works through stages here. He says to him, he says, when you prophesy, the bones are going to come to bone. Yeah. Structure is going to begin to happen. Can I tell you something? You need to begin to prophesy. God prophesy structure in my life. God says, I work in a place of unity and a place of order. 
And the first most foremost thing you got to do is you got to say, God, let there be order and structure back in my life. Let there be order and structure back in my situation. Let there be order. God, maybe I'm missing something in my business. Maybe I'm missing something in my marriage. Maybe I'm missing something with my kids. God, maybe I'm the one that's out of order. God, when I prophesy, God, let order and structure come back to it. Let there be bone upon bone, flesh upon flesh, sinew upon sinew, that when this thing stands, it does not fail. I I don't know about you, I failed enough in my life, I don't want to fail ever again. I'm going to say that again to you. I have failed enough in my life. I don't ever want to fail again. I have failed enough for three people. I don't want to fail again. God, I don't want you to put something in place for me, God. And when it stands up, it falls back apart because there's no structure and order in my life. But God, when I prophesy this thing one more time, God, God, let this thing stand up and be so strong that the devil and every every devil in hell cannot destroy and cannot come against the gates of heaven with what God is trying to build. That when I prophesy, let structure and order and wisdom come back into my life. That when this thing stands, I'll never fail again. All of a sudden, order begin to get back into it. And he says, now, he said, they're standing, but there's no life in it. I mean, when God was creating Adam, he created him, but he was not man. He was male until God breathed life into him. Then he became man. Can I tell you something? Some of us just need the breath of life breathed back into us again. You've got all the structure in the world. You've got all the the order in the world. You've got everything going on for you, but there's no life within you. It seems like life has just been sucked out of you and pulled out of you and has beat the living daylights out of you. You've got to begin to prophesy over top of yourself and into this situation and say, God, let there be life placed back into this again. Where there was once joy, where there was once smiles, God, breathe life back into my situation again. Can I tell you something, there's nothing worse than a bunch of believers with a bunch of frowns on their faces. Come on now. I don't know about you. I work in the public and the people that I, that I don't look forward to are the, are the believers coming through the door. They're the most negative. They're the most, they're the most know-it-all people. But can I tell you something? When you get the joy of the Lord inside of you, you know that it's real. You know that there's something genuine about it. Yes, you've been saved. And yes, you've been Holy Ghost filled. But it's now time for God to breathe life back into your situation. Yes, you're married. And yes, can I tell you something? There are some people that are holding on to the numbers of getting married. You brag about being married for 10 years and 15 years and 30 years and 40 years. But can I tell you something? Is there's no life in the years, it does not matter. If there's no joy in the years, it does not matter. But I don't know about you. I want to be able to brag, God, I've been married 30 years joyfully. Good Lord. How many know that's a totally different situation? I've been married 20 years joyfully. I've been married 30 years joyfully. That I've smiled more than I've had bad days. I've had good days better than I've had bad days. Why? I need to breathe the breath of life down into my situation again. And all of a sudden, when it begins to stand up, how do you know when it stands up and you get breath, you're going to have haters? All of a sudden, even the very thing that he was breathing life into, it begins to speak hate back to him. 
He says, we can't live. We've been dying dead for a long time. He says, but can I tell you something? What you're about to see is only the Lord's doing. Yeah. Can I tell you something? God has placed you in your situation to reveal the Lord, not only to yourself, but to people around you. Yeah. He has placed you in situations that look dry and dead as if nothing can happen. But God will begin to reveal himself that they will begin to say it is only the Lord and the Lord alone that begin to work on their behalf. Can I tell you something? Sometimes God will let you get sick just to reveal his glory. About three people said that because they don't understand that. But can I tell you something? Remember the man that was that was sick and he said, which the, the disciples begin to say, well, well, who was it that sinned? He said, it wasn't nobody that sinned. He said, but it was for the glory of the Lord to be revealed. Can I tell you something? That no matter what you're going through, you've got to begin to say, God, you are going to get the glory out of this situation. In the Old Testament, we begin to see that he began to write over top of the house of Eli. He called it the house of Ichabod, the house of Ichabod, I-C-H-A-B-O-D, I-C-H-A-B-O-D, Ichabod, where the glory resides no longer. But the word glory in the Old Testament literally means the complete, it means kabod. The only difference where the glory is and where the glory is not is the letter I. Can I tell you something? You've got to stand and look and say, God, am I stopping the glory from coming into the situation? Or God, can I remove myself and let the glory flow to my situation so that you may get all the glory, that you may receive all the praise, that you may receive all of the honor? Because every situation you are walking in and through, God wants to reveal the glory in your life. But you've got to get enough boldness to begin to prophesy over it. What is prophesying? Getting a word from the supernatural into the natural that it may shift and change your situation. You've got to get along with God and say, God, what is the word of God over my life and for this situation that you may be revealed. That there may be something great stand up out of this thing. God, that everything that was once weak is going to become strong. Everything that was once poor is going to become rich. Everything that was once sick is going to get healthy. Everything that was once wrong is going to be right. He told Joseph, everything that was meant for your bad is now meant for your good. Why? Because I got a revelation for my situation. Look to about two people and just tell them your situation is turning. Your situation is turning. If you would stand with me this morning on your feet.